Previously on the Adventure Zone, you see the hunger. You don't call it that yet. Reaching down and into your world, sort of reaching around your ship to the world that you're flying away from, Davenport takes the Star Blaster back down and into the Prime Material Plane. This is not the reality that you left. This is a different reality altogether, the first of many that you're going to encounter during this mission. I'm checking on, like, bear cubs and telling people to get to cover and... You're left behind, and you only sort of outlast the hunger for so long before you are killed. And you pass through the threshold between realities. And as you pass through that barrier, time stops once more. You see these white threads of light begin to encircle the ship, and they stitch back together Magnus. The hunger is stronger now, because... That's what happens when the hunger feasts. And so our heroes find themselves leaping from world to world, hoping each time that their next leap will be the leap home. Or something like that. It's the Adventure Zone! Okay, but first, Griffin, I have a very important question that I should have asked at the end of last Is week. it about your fucking hard candies? Like, what flavors did you bring, or... Well, it was, shit. was well, it was, fun. wasn't it? Well, I mean, not what flavors, <laughs> but... What did you want to ask about your, your hard candies? When, when everything resets, do I have my supply of hard candy back? Um, no. What? Sadly, no. Oh. No, so let's actually go over... Um, we're going to start things out. On this cy- is bullshit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we're going to start things out on cycle number eight. We're going to, like I said, we're going to kind of skip ahead. The last one, the animal kingdom, was cycle number one. Um, this is cycle number eight. And in the past few cycles, um, the seven of you have worked out some of the rules of this journey. Um, to Travis's point, for, for some reason, whenever you crossed out of the boundaries of your own reality, you're like... Your existence, like your very being, was stitched into the fabric of all realities. Um, and it takes Loop and Barry like a whole cycle of, of working together to figure this out. They spend countless nights hypothesizing and testing theories to this effect. Um, and, and basically what you, you realize is whenever you cross into a new reality, your physical forms are brought back to what Loop and Barry call your um, your recorded state, just literally like how and where you were when you first left your your home world. Um, some other things you realize just by like going through these cycles a few times is you don't choose uh, what what realities you you come to, and you're not exactly sure what does choose it. Um, and also, you've seen this now, uh, I, I guess, uh, seven times up to this point. Whenever you enter a new reality. Um, a, f- a few days later, the light of creation descends um, at a, a random point in the sky and falls. And then a few days after that, 
that dark force, um, which Lucretia actually comes up with the name uh, for the hunger, uh, just locates the plane that has the light of creation in it. Um, and then about a year later, the hunger arrives in proper. And once it arrives, uh, one of two things happen. Either it assaults the plane as it scours it looking for the light of creation, or once it or has it a light- peppers it. Oh, geez. Uh, or oh, it, if it collects... That was not me. That was not me. Well, my it was dad. kind of you. I would say it was your influence after 33 years. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's uh, by proxy. Um, if it finds the light of creation, though, it uses it to absorb the entire plane, um, adding it to its its mass. Um, so, Griffin, have we, have we yet in any of these cycles been able to save a plane or protect a plane or do anything to change so yeah a if you plane a, being destroyed a, a couple times now you uh you didn't do it in the, that that first time the uh the hunger you'll remember descended on the animal kingdom didn't go great uh collected the light and absorbed the animal kingdom plane which um i guess mechanically speaking but also narratively speaking means the hunger like has that plane now and everything in it um but a couple times now, you have recovered the light, and you've managed to leave the uh, leave the reality you're in with the light, and then the the hunger goes and attacks the plane looking for it, but doesn't doesn't um, doesn't find it, and so eventually it gives up and kind of chases you down, and it doesn't absorb that plane. Uh, it fucks it up a little bit, but it ultimately you know leaves it leaves it be and chases you down. However, whenever you leave a reality with the light, whenever you escape with the light of creation, once you cross over into that new reality, you don't you don't have it anymore. And a few right. days later, it follows you down and you have to find it all over again. Um, so I've been using the term cycles because like, that's kind of what it is. You have a year here um, to find the light, uh, to learn about the hunger, to empower yourselves, to maybe one day take down the hunger. Um, and if you don't find the light in one year and escape with it, the hunger uses it to consume that world, which means it's basically the end of that world. And also the hunger just got stronger. Um, so, also, like, this mission is, it's tough, right? But you are emboldened by one important fact, and that is that if you die while carrying out this mission, it doesn't matter. As long as someone escapes on the Star Blaster, you'll all be revived uh, before before the next cycle. Um, so, with that in mind... But we're dead for that year, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which isn't ideal, I imagine. Uh, I, no. I, I know that was a lot, but again, 100 years. Here we go. This is cycle number eight. So each reality up to this point has been as diverse and kind of fantastic as that animal kingdom you encountered first up. And here in the eighth cycle, you encounter possibly the strangest world yet. Um, your flyover reveals a world where 80% of the land is covered in these gigantic bioluminescent mushrooms that glow in bright neon hues at night. Important um, question. Yes, please. Is it is it a lot of little mushrooms or just a couple giant ones? I mean, it's I mean it's millions of very big ones covering like eighty percent of the land on this planet. Um, okay, it's almost always raining in this in this world, which kind of gives the the lights cast by these mushrooms a sort of uh, hazy effect. Lucretia is particularly taken by these mushrooms. She's always sketching these vivid illustrations of them in her journals, which. Again, she With dancing keeps... teddy bears around them. And... Yeah, uh, and the, again, that the little Ziggy cartoons. Um, and these towering mushrooms are also emitting this thick cloud of spores that Davenport is hesitant to kind of bring the ship down into, but you swear um, you can occasionally see through the smog 
uh, you can see the world below, and you see these figures moving through the spores. Um, the rest of the land, the, the, the land not occupied by uh, mushrooms, uh, there are a few settlements in, in that land, and they are entirely occupied by uh, the smaller races, like havelings and, and uh, dwarves and gnomes, who eke out like kind of a harrowing existence in this world. They have these staggered fences of these uh, bonfires that surround their tightly packed villages. Um, most of them wear these makeshift masks to keep from breathing in the spores, which you learn are, without exception, fatal when inhaled. Um, they have these scorch teams that go out every night just hoping to burn back the the forests to stave off being overrun but it's an uphill battle because the forest is always producing more spores and you learn that this this fungus is being cultivated by living human-sized mushroom beings that wander uh the forests during the day um so you've kind of been accepted into one of these uh, uh small settlements and outfitted with uh, all seven of you are outfitted with these masks um, and after a few days, uh, after arriving, the light of creation falls so far away, you just barely see its trail over the southern horizon. And wherever it landed, it is far, far beyond the border of the mushrooms. And then a few days after that, the hunger's scout finds you. Uh, so you have a year. What do you do? So I, I was thinking about it, and I think Magnus, as far as like process of elimination... And kind of having experiences, I I would be waiting on the ship for the light of creation, and as soon as I saw it, go. Okay. Take I mean, the ship no, the, and go. Yes, the problem with that, the only problem with that, you you tried it probably a couple times at this point, um, because of like the curvature of the Earth. There's no guarantee that you'll see it, right? Like if it falls on the other hemisphere, you you just you just might not see it, and that's kind of what happened this time. Like you know, kind of, it's to the south. Um, but it fell like so fast that like that's basically all you know. Um, uh, also, the like the spore uh, like thickness is so thick that it's not like one of those things where you can just like fly around and and uh, eyeball it. You get the impression that like if you want to find this thing, you're gonna have to like get in there. But that expedition is going to be um, kind of kind of difficult. I see. If you want to go looking for it, I'm, I absolutely do it. I'm just telling you, like flying, flying, and like trying to catch it out of midair is like not. Um, no, 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 not catch it. But I figure head that direction at least yeah. to save some time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I think Merle is going to stay this time in the settlement. If these these poor creatures have such a harrowing, awful life, he's going to stay there and try to bring them some. Some spiritual enlightenment, not really specific, but just kind of like to be a beacon of hope and, to, you know, kind of teach them some life lessons and, and give them some confidence. And, okay. you know, more like more like vacation Bible school than like they don't. So they the church. They uh, this settlement doesn't have. Give me a name for this city. Funguston. Uh, f- f- uh, f- Funguston. Mushroom Kingdom. How about just Fungston? I don't know that they would, like, celebrate the fungus, but I, I think that they definitely don't have, like, church. So, like, you would have to... This would be you building a church, I think, and, like, starting a congregation, right. which, like, I'm curious, like, why Merle would do that in a world that he knows in a year he will not be in anymore. Um, not that I'm saying, like, don't do it, but, like, I'm curious, like, what Merle's well, thinking. Well, if he starts something, you know, these people don't know they're going to be obliterated in a year, okay. right? Um, why not give them some hope for the time they're here? That's nice. All right, let's say like you start this this 
this church by like growing a congregation. And I think this is just you like in the town square, like fucking doing your thing, right? Like proselytizing, standing on a soapbox and like doing your stuff. So maybe roll a uh, plus heart and we'll see like generally how well you do at that. Okay. So that's rolling the two. Uh, plus, correct. Yeah, 2d6 plus two. Okay. Five and three, that's eight, plus two is ten. ten. So remember, um, six or below is a failure, seven and nine is a mixed success, and a ten plus is a complete success. So like, yeah, I think everybody kind of gets on board. Like, um, they actually build like a church building that is... Uh, I, I I think that they haven't been so in- interested in expanding their, their town as much as they have been like, just, man, we just got to fucking survive. But you kind of give them a bit of hope um, in, in the form of this church. So they actually build this big, grand um, wooden cathedral um, that I think probably repurposes some of the the less sporous mushroom meat so there's like a little bioluminescent thing going on there and sure enough like you get this 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 settlement of fungston uh real real into pan um and so this is the first church of fungston this is the first church of fungston uh, i mean maybe they yeah. had church before like this fungus took over the world um so i'm gonna say take plus two bond just to like represent your like you're probably an unofficial leader of this town now um, and I will also say, like, if anybody does anything about, like, going into the forest or whatever, or anything that you might need these townsfolks, like, help with, they will they will go with you because they are, like, I, they, they are feeling the seven of you now. I think I'm sticking. I think for Magnus, if finding the light of creation protects the plane, that's what I'm doing. Plus, it gives me something to do that feels yeah, like... Sure adventure questy that feels actionable okay um how do you want to go about that and and taco if you have something you want to do to this effect like there's no reason y'all can't like work together um I- yeah but let him let Trav go ahead and okay, start cool. his um, I, um, I, I think that taking the ship in that general direction at least to cut down the time is good i would need someone with me to stay with the ship because that seems like making sure the ship is available for when the hunger shows up yeah like it needs to clear the plane for any of this to continue. So if I die on the quest, yeah, the ship still has to get back there. Yeah, I mean that's um, a strategy you guys have probably employed, like taking turns, just being like, "All right, for a year, you live in the fucking ship, and if the hunger shows up, you have to keep us alive." Basically, have also Griffin, have we in these uh, cycles been able to like figure out any way to like magically or scientifically track the light in any kind of effective way other than just like wandering around? I mean, that's up to... It hasn't happened yet, but, like, if one of y'all want to spend your turn, I don't think that you would be the best candidate for that. Um, but mm-hmm. if, if you want to spend your turn on one of these things working on that, then, then yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, I don't think that's really Magnus's deal. I mean, I might ask Barry to work on it later, but um, I think uh, I'm going to see who wants to pilot the ship with me, and uh, I'm going looking for the... I'm going looking for the light. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask Taco what he wants to do, because that feels like kind of like uh, maybe one of the later things that should happen. Um, I kind of envision this round being like folks working together to like prop up the expedition before it it sets off. And it sounds like you want to go on this expedition. So, um, Taco, can I ask what you want to do this year? Yeah, I've got a fucking genius plan. I'm going to fix everything. Okay. Yeah. Come close, Griffin. I'm Uh, because I'm about to blow your game wide open. Oh, no. I'm going to make a fake light of creation. 
Okay. I'm going to spend this year like a like a survivor contestant on their last legs <laughs> crafting a false hidden immunity idol. I'm going to craft to the best of my ability a fake light of creation. Um, a decoy, if you will. All right. Now that I know what you want to do, I actually think Magnus's thing should go first because the way I think we rectify this is you can do that if you have like the light of creation on on hand right now, which you which you don't. But if Magnus can get it back, then yeah, go go for it. Otherwise, I think you'll be at kind of a disadvantage working on this. Um, I can start work on the getting the paper mache and some of the chicken wire <laughs> in place. Well, maybe not get all the details. Okay. Right away, but like I, I think I could definitely get that far. Um, do you enlist anybody's help on this, or is this a, a solo project? This doesn't seem like it would be Loops Jam, but I feel like she would probably hang around. Yeah, she'll and, hang out. And she'll, help. she'll hang out and like yeah. just sort of keep you company. Um, I and feel she- like I would love Cabinport and Barry's help on this. I think science and like pilot is yeah. going to help me track this thing. Um, yeah, Lucretia wants to come too. Just because, like this, this expedition seems like it could be worth worth telling a story about. Like she wants to like come into the forest with you and not be the one that stays behind on the ship. Would would can I ask Griffin? Would Loop would Loop want to go with them? Um, it seems like I mean I don't know. Like it's up to it's up to you. Do you want do you want to ask Loop to stay with you or no? I like that's the way I, I, th- I will okay. say. Okay, I as Magnus will say I would ask Loop to come with me if Taco's staying behind because it, if I think it, here's the thing: if it doesn't sound like Taco needs help on this thing, and we know that getting the light is kind of the end all be all sure. important mish, so it feels like all hands defend the ship, all hands find light unless I also, otherwise. I would required. ask. Oh, you're gonna say. No, I, w- I would say that she also has shown the tendency to be able to track things. Well, and, and also you know, she's an evocation specialist, so like burning shit is her whole jam. Like she's the I best also, at burning shit ever. I would ask her to go mainly because if they're if they're not able to get it back, if I want to try this again, I would rather her somebody who I know and trust go okay. and get like a really good look at the thing and get a sense of the magical energies and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so, uh, Magnus, you, you are basically taking everybody with you except for Taco and Merle. Um, and the town folk want to help out too. There's like a scorch team. That's like particularly badass. They have like sort of these, um, lo-fi medieval flamethrower situations. Do they, do they have an extra one? Um, yeah, sure. They can definitely, Hell they can definitely yeah. whip one of those up for you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you, do you want to, I want two, one on each arm. Uh, they say no to that. It's too, they say it's too heavy. It's too heavy. Oh, is it? And then I pick up two of them. Uh, Okay. They are, they are blown away. It's not too heavy. Wow. Um, (laughs) how are you going to pee? They say, how are you going to pee, sir? (laughs) Just watch. And then wait, hold on. I I rolled an 11. All right. You pee while shooting two flamethrowers in the air. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Okay, so I think this expedition's ready to start. Um, and Magnus, you say you just, like, want to fly south, and then, like, once you... How, do, how are you feeling this out? Like, I think this may be a couple of roles. So, like, the first one is, like, how do you... Um, I think roll plus, roll plus mind, just as, like, a... A stage setter of like how can I close count that eleven or was that struck with no pain? that was piss that was definitely the okay. plus piss roll ah oh, man okay uh well it's not bad well it was an eight I got four plus five minus one 
Uh, okay, yeah. So a mixed a mixed success. I think you um, I think you land like kind of kind of far away from it, um, and you know it's you know it's still south. Um, are you just like walking on foot, or do you think that this trip is going to take like it's a pretty big planet that you're on? It would probably take like the rest of the year to to get there and get back. Are you like what's this trip through this deadly mushroom forest look like? Um. Well, okay. So here's what would make the most sense to me. What would make the most sense to me is having Barry and Loop work together, Barry, Loop, and Davenport work together as far as tracking and triangulation goes, because we may not be able to pinpoint it, but if we make short hops, it seems like what we'd want to do is land, clear a spot, um, triangulate what we know about the light to see if we can kind of get a bead on it. Uh, and then head in that direction, short hop, check, short hop, check, rather than just going on foot. Um, so I guess the first thing would be to see if we can get any kind of read yeah, sure. uh, on, on, the, on the light. Um, so with that mixed success you got earlier, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. Um, and also I got kind of a hard time from folks listening who said that I wasn't hard enough on you guys on mixed successes. Um, what? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's a good point and it's a fair criticism. Like this is supposed to be like you give something up in exchange for accomplishing the thing that you want to do. Um, as opposed to a complete success being just, you get to do the thing you want to do, which I kind of was doing for you last time. And a failure is being, you give something up and you don't get to do the thing you want to do. Um, so I think that, um, either everybody that you brought with you from the town, um, dies or one of the teammates that you brought with you dies. And you're not well, like ki- you're not killing them. I'm asking you to make like a narrative decision here. Oh, then it's gonna be everybody I brought from town. I don't know their names. Why do I care? Okay. Um, oh yeah. no, but now I feel bad because there's gonna be people who say, "But you guys regenerate, and the people from town won't." Oh no, Griffin, you've really put me in a bind. Yeah. Uh. Or 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 I'll give you this third option. You um by accident you inhale some of the spores and it'll put you at a disadvantage for whatever the re- resolution is. At then the I'm gonna take that. Yeah, okay. then I'll take that. Yeah, you just like um, you like it's like one of those survivor challenges where it's just like hold up a paint can for until you die, and the, it's like easy to do until you lose your concentration for a second. And I think like one day you're just like getting ready for bed and you lay down for bed and you take your mask off and you're like, what the f- why what the fuck. And you breathe in some spores. And from that point on... Oh, like, I took it off to eat some hard candy. What was yeah. I thinking? Yeah, it's a very Boyland way to go. Um, hard candy? <laughs> how could you do this to me? But for the I'll rest never of... never eat hard candy again. For the rest you of your trip, that. though, like, you are feeling shittier and shittier and shittier and shittier. And everybody else is like... The the um, the townsfolk actually, like, know some ways to, like, keep you going. But you are definitely much weaker. So um, you're not going to have your plus two body um thing which is a shame because i'm gonna make you uh for your final thing like to actually represent your traipsing through this forest roll plus body to see if you make it to the light um i think that use the triangulation method you're using like works like they notice that the mushrooms are getting bigger and so they just think like well that's probably the right direction to go like the light would probably make these mushrooms grow more and more so let's just follow the path of the bigger 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 mushrooms um but let's see how you do come on baby um, and I don't have the plus two. You do not. Oh, it's a six. Ooh. Okay. Um, and nobody else came came with you, right? No, this is going to be tricky for me because I don't know how to. Um, hmm. 
I, well, I mean, know. I brought I brought help. You did bring so, help. I'm, so I'm it's just, one thing if I fail, but I don't know why everybody else would automatically fail. Um, okay, here's how we'll do it. Either you recover the light, but you, Magnus, die, and you don't get any like score improvements this round at all, uh, or uh, you don't get the light and you do get score improvements. Oh, I'll die then. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you don't get any EXP this round, anything like that. That's the only way that I could think to punish you, because you got really close, and I don't see any way that, like, the rest of your team doesn't get there. Um, so, you, Magnus, like, uh, one morning, they're, like, really close to the light, and they go to wake you up, and you're just, you're gone, and you were, like, up and about the previous night and seem to be actually, like, kind of on the mend, um, but... but they they come and get you one morning and you are just gone. And so I guess from the point of view of the the rest of your party who like take some time, like this has happened a few times now and it's tough every time. Like you're dead. Like they, they know you're coming back um, hopefully, but like it's still really tough. Um, but the rest of your party and the remaining townsfolk make it to basically the center of the forest and there they see the light. And while the light itself is beautiful, the scene that your party finds it in is, like, kind of grotesque. Um, The mushrooms around this spot have grown huge and nearly blinding with all of their, like, neon tones. It's, like, lighting this place up like like Tokyo. Um, And laying prostrate in a circle around this light are hundreds of those mushroom beings um, who you've seen, like here here and there in the forest but usually they just kind of run away from you whenever they see you here they're all just like lying like they're they died while worshiping this thing they just like laid down and gave up and they're all kind of withered and it's almost like they fell before the light but were unable to figure out like how to wield it so they just kind of bathed in its splendor completely malnourishing themselves in the process so there's no struggle as the rest of your party does collect the light of creation um, and uh, gets back to the ship and brings it back to this town that you were in. And Taco, I think this is like, um, there's not much time left, but you do have the light. So if you want to, yes. um, I guess, roll plus mind and tell me like how, how this works, you like trying to recreate. You, you goofed about paper mache. I imagine it's more sophisticated than that. Uh, with what I have access to, yeah. I would be thrilled to have paper mache okay. and chicken wire. That would be amazing. I mean, it's basically... I mean, I was using chunks of... Well, yeah, let's do this. I was using uh, carving chunks of mushroom into the shapes that I needed. Okay. And then using transmutation. What is the... What's the light look like? It looks like like a ball of the most beautiful light you've ever seen, and it doesn't hurt to look at it. Like, it actually feels really good to look at it, but it's not like... Um, it is It is tangible in that it's light you can touch, but it's not like a orb. It's not like a crystal orb illuminated from within or whatever. And you aren't talking about bioluminescent. Yeah, sure, exactly. Sure, sure. That was my thinking. So they're bioluminescent, and I'm using, like, my magics to make them more impressive. Okay. Um, yeah, roll, a, so, roll plus mine. So that is a eight. Okay. Um, so that's a mixed success. Um, uh, take, let me think. Take plus one asset, right? Like you made a thing. And so you have plus one asset. But again, like remember, abs- assets are abstract. So like you can spend it later to be anything. Yeah. Um, here's how I think this resolves with the mixed success. You you make it and it's, 
Um, you can tell because you spent some time with both of these things, and also you know that it's a fake. That it's um, kind of uh, clearly a forgery if you know what you're looking for. But working with the light in this way made you appreciate something about the light that's kind of unique and stands out in your mind, and that is that this light it really it really wants to be wanted if that makes sense like this light mm-hmm. is giving off this like um this light is giving off this energy that like uh you can tell like it wants to be used it's, and it wants to be it's needy it's it's, it's needy, needy. yeah but it, this it's imagine that like projecting out like a like a beacon of sorts um, it's why like everybody is kind of entranced by it. It's not just because it's like beautiful and powerful. It's because it is putting out this, this like these waves of just like desire. Um, it wants to be desired, and so like you made this 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 mushroom ball. Um, it look a lot like it, right? And you used your magics to create like a pretty good forgery. But like you can't, you can, you don't even know how the fuck to make that happen so when the hunger comes let's do we'll get to the resolution when the hunger comes you all have the light and you escape what do you do with your forgery uh so i um it's not a guarantee that we escape right like if we have the light do we always escape um yeah you're never gonna have to davenport's like a a a dope ass pilot so like he gets you if you're on the ship and the year is up you get you get away I feel like the best, highest use of my decoy, uh, is there a way that I could use the decoy in such a way that I could limit the amount of damage that is done to this plane? Like, like sure. as a, because, because I left it where they, I mean, I, I could send it to where somewhere near where they found it initially. And, and hopefully by, uh, by doing that, I like bought this plane some time. Okay. Um, so that, so it couldn't ravage it as badly cause it was, you know, sure. Here's up. here's where your mixed success comes in. This is how I'll resolve that. While you're flying away, you go over that mushroom forest, and um, I one of the survivors points out, like one of the I should say one of the surviving, like Loop and uh, Lucretia and Barry and Cappenport. Um, they point out like about where they they found it in the forest, and you just like drop your forgery off the side of the ship. Oh, great! Yeah, and when you do, you see the hunger kind of shift its position and drop one of those big, like inky columns down, like basically literally exactly where it lands. Um, it drops a ton of columns, right? This thing's the size of a, a billion uh, planets. Um, so it, it, it definitely has like, uh, it can do more than one attack, so to speak. So I think this, this, this planet does get hit a lot, right? But you specifically see the hunger go for the light. Um, and from that, you intuit two things. One, it's like chasing this light down. The hunger is like pursuing the light in a way. Um, and the other mm-hmm. thing is that uh, pretty quickly, like it retracts that column. And uh, you also sort of figure like this trick is not going to work again. It didn't really, it fell for it temporarily, but it, it's not going to, this dog won't hunt twice. So that's sort of the. Are you sure? State. Because it would have been pretty fun to listen to me do that every time (laughs) (laughs) um so that was a cycle uh oh wait a minute wait a minute can i i think merle would stay oh with the congregation Uh, i really do i i think that there's no way that he could justify leaving them with the darkness descending okay so after spending a year trying to build up their faith that there was life you know there was an afterlife and and everything else so i 
I think he would gather them as many as he could in the in the big wood cathedral, the big shroom cathedral, yeah. and um, how- sing sing nearer my pan to thee. I mean, yeah. you're goofing, but this is a pretty incredible scene. Of, no, I'm serious. Yeah, you, I'm serious. You built this. You built this church, right? And you knew that the hunger was going to attack. And if you got the light, then they'll survive it. But like the hunger's still going to attack. So as long as they survive that attack, so you probably built it pretty fucking sturdy. So I think the whole town is in this church when the light comes, and you decide to say to stay behind. So you're standing in front of this congregation. Um, knowing like in a minute you're going to be taken away, you're going to be like pulled away and back onto the ship as it leaves this reality. Um, so like, do you want to break me off a piece of like what you say? Um, yeah, I think I would say brothers and sisters. Hold on one second. You want to try a character voice? Just, yeah. You know, we don't have to have that many episodes left. I'm moving dad's Christopher Lloyd toy in front of him. So he can visualize the fact that he has to do a character voice for our podcast. Dearly beloveds, we are gathered here as one, facing the future as one, whether that future be darkness or light, we do not know. Just like we do not know in our lives if we are going to head into darkness or light. There's a there's a loud there's a loud boom from somewhere outside and overhead. But that's what faith is all about, is even though we don't know what we're headed into, we believe we are headed into something. And so we share that today, and this is the only place I would like to be, is here with you. Pan bless you. And I think they sing like a hymn, a a pan hymn that you taught them, and in, in this like really nice harmony they probably didn't sing much before you came here but they are now and they they watch sort of and and i think they they survive most of them survive most of the folks in this town survive and what they survive the hunger i don't i don't know what's going to happen with the mushrooms but i think they talk about you for a long time after this because as they sing this hymn they watch you kind of get pulled away as you are sort of turned into these strings of light that are pulled up through the ceiling uh, and out of sight. Hey everybody, this is Griffin McElroy, your Dungeon Master, your best friend, and your secret Santa. And I got that thing you wanted, but I am i can't tell you it's me, because it's a secret. Thanks for listening to The Adventure Zone, episode 61. It's the second episode of our Stolen Century arc. Um, I want to thank everybody who sent in some feedback that they had about how uh, this arc is going and how it works. Um, I, 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 it's kind of a clumsy solution, I'll be the first to admit that, um, but we had a lot of backstory that I wanted to get through um, without taking, you know, a hundred literal years to do so. So, um, again, we'll be moving through this in the next few episodes or so, and then the next thing that comes after this will be the finale to what we're calling the balance arc. Um, so please stick with us, and, um, I'm gonna read some things that people paid us money to say. We have an aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as they get home from doing something fun, 
we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone, and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So, right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right, powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis, how did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chicago! We're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2. Schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information is there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all of the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Um, I have some Jumbotron messages here. This one is for Jill, Supreme Ruler of Pugs, and it's from Ido, Professional Loser. Aw. Ido tells Jill, hey, buttface. Wow. 
I wanted to give you the gift of a McElroy blessing. Oh, and I guess some lame, sappy words from me, too. I can't believe it's been like four years since we became friends. You're already graduating. I am so incredibly proud of you, and I love you so much, you talented asshole. Wow, just really. Um, you're gonna do amazing artsy things in this world. And then it says, Lean Kaya forever. And I, I don't know what that means, but I hope it wasn't some sort of secret coded hateful message this one was also supposed to go up before april so um with that in mind congratulations on your graduation uh jill uh i i hope you're you're making your way downtown walking fast faces past and i'm homebound here's another message for tiffany and neil and it's from eric and Lacey, who say congratulations neil and tiffany you're married now roll initiative no really we'll wait done good A griffin steps out from this message and attacks. Ouch. Rolled a 20. That's got to hurt. I mean, you faked that roll, but we've all done that from time to time here on the Adventure Zone. Uh, Anyways, from your proud judge and McMiller killer and his wife, future McMiller killer, we wanted to say happy wedding and wish you many happy years. Uh, And I think their wedding popped off in March, so congratulations on your nuptials, and I I hope you're just uh, making your way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound. I want to thank everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the the Zonecast hashtag. Um, I don't know how many more characters we're going to have to name after folks, but we sure do appreciate you uh, spreading the word about the show uh, and and telling people about it. Again, we don't pay to advertise the show in any way, so word of mouth is really the only way that we get new listeners. Uh, Thanks again. It's been a little bit now, but to everybody who donated to the Max Fun Drive, I just recently purchased, uh, I I threw out my old mic and soundboard. I didn't throw them out. I still have them, but I bought a new setup to get the, the that high fidelity crisp audio that the people crave um and that's all thanks to the folks who uh have donated to the show and given back and allowed us to sort of like invest more stuff into it so thank you all very much um what else uh i think that might be it um thanks again for sticking with us during this kind of weird way that we're handling uh this this way of covering all this territory leading up to the finale um i i hope some of you like it i know it's kind of kind of weird and a little bit bumpy uh and the next episode oh i should mention this we are gonna try really 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 hard to get this ship back on schedule and get uh right thursday back into being right thursday which means um, I'm like 90% sure there's going to be another episode next week on Thursday, May 4th. I'm pretty sure, and I will let you know on Twitter if we can't get it together, but that is the plan for right now. So two weeks in a row of content to make up for that one week we missed. Uh, I will again let you know if that doesn't happen. But for now, I'm pretty sure the next time I talk to you is going to be on May 4th. So I will talk to you then. Oh, that's Star Wars Day too, isn't it? Oh, that's fun. I love those fun Jedi and their, their crazy lightsaber tricks. See you then. Bye. Next cycle, boys in the house. Yeah, this is cycle seventeen. So it's been it's been a while. Uh, again, you've had some some hits and some misses. Um, for like narratively speaking, I'm not gonna like have any kind of big ramifications for the cycles we didn't play, obviously, because that would be kind of bogus. Uh, again, a hundred years abstractions, a lot of um, telling and no showing, and that's where we're at. But cycle seventeen. Um, 
So after several days of flyover reconnaissance of this new reality, this new planar system, this new world, you're about to like write this whole world off as uninhabited, which is not, um, it's happened before. You've just showed up to a world and there's just nobody there. Um, and in this world, there's just these, these ruins of this once somewhat advanced civilization, but, uh, all of these like massive cities have long since fallen into decay. Um, you don't see another living person for weeks. Um, the light falls and the, the hunger comes. And what's worse, when the light of creation falls, like you don't even see it streak down from, from the sky. Um, like Loop tries to triangulate it, but she like is, says it, it just fell on the wrong side of the planet. So it leaves you like a haystack nearly the size of a hemisphere to find this needle in if you wanted to. Um, and without any people to talk to, you don't really have any leads to help find it either. Um, but after several months of sort of searching and camping out in these like derelict cities, you do find something. You find faint signs of life from a peculiar set of ruins that must have once been a truly spectacular city some centuries or maybe even millennia ago. Um, grass and moss have long since overrun it, but you can still sort of appreciate the complexity of its design. It's got these tiered districts that raise up into the sky and lower down into this gulch below. And this gulch has been like completely overrun. There's a a small river that just like falls into it now. And it forms a waterfall um, that drops near the city's edge. And it's completely flooded the the lowest tier of this city. It's like a spectacular site. And it's made more unbelievable by its inhabitants, which are all robots. All of them are walking bipedal machines they don't seem to be, like, specialized workers in the way that, like, the homeworld you came from probably had, like, some powered golems. Um, as far as you can tell, the, the several hundred uh, robotic inhabitants of the city are just, like, conducting their lives like people. They have homes. They converse. Um, you do reconnaissance, and you see them, like, mime-eating meals, but they're not actually, like, eating food. Some of them are married. They go on dates, and they are congenial towards you, and they're so, like, emotive um, and so after uh, about, about like another month of Loop and Barry working together to try to triangulate the location of the light, they declare it just a futile effort. There's just too much ground to cover. So instead, you decide to spend your time seeing what else you can glean from this fascinating city. Uh, so um, well, how do you spend One, your- awesome. Thank yeah. you, Griffin. You're welcome. Two, Travis, have we been able to... Travis, I, I don't know if this has clicked with Dad and Justin yet, but Travis may have a distinct advantage in this cycle. They yeah. can rip their arms off. Mm. No, not that. We're we're in um we're in Taz Knight's territory, the tiered capital city. Ah Griffin, have we been able to take anything like if we get stuff onto the ship with us? Yeah. Does it does it travel with us to the next plane or does everything reset? Um so if you bring stuff, inanimate objects, it comes with you, right? That's like assets are exactly that. Um, but, hmm, have you tried to bring a person on board? Any of you? That's what I was wondering. I mean, yeah, I'm asking, I, I would I'm asking say, you. I, I would say that, like, second time out, the first time we once again weren't able to find the light, I feel like we would, at the very least, try to bring some people with us, knowing that plane would be destroyed. Okay. Um, you've, you've brought some people with you just to, like, say, like, let's bring as many survivors, and I think Cap'nport was against this, just to, like... His whole thing is sort of a cold arithmetic of 
he wants you as far as you know you're the only people from your home world still alive and so like he doesn't want to bring other people on the ship who are going to complicate the mission in any way um he's not like cruel about it but that's sort of just how his mind works so he kind of doesn't want that to happen but you all uh manage to get some people on board i think the deal we would work out ditto would be that it would be like they're not this is not a permanent crew change that like we are just taxiing them to the next plane doing something yeah like trying something you know what i mean to make sure somebody survives but and, and you had this argument and you got them on board but that 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 time when you left the reality and you all sort of went through this reshuffling, those people were gone when you broke through to the new reality. So you you can't you can't bring um you cannot bring people with you. But at the same time, um, uh, at a at a later uh, cycle, one of the ones I guess we didn't cover, uh, one of you realized that there's a rat on board, and there wasn't a rat. I mean, this is a fucking spaceship. There's not rats on board this spaceship. But you figure, like, it must have gotten on board while you were on one of these cycles. And so, like, lower life forms can come with you, but not, like, folks, if that uh, is a... That's a very convoluted answer to your question, but... Understood. I have another question. If we don't find the light, does that mean that Griffin, Griffin is going to destroy his brother's reality? Um, this is... This is... This is... Uh, not maybe not exactly Taz Knights. That's the way I kind of thought about it. And also, it's thousands and thousands and thousands Trav, of years in the future. Griffin's gonna Griffin got to do his show for so long, and now he's gonna destroy yours. That's okay. He's gonna break your whole dad. It's okay, boys. It's all right. I'm going to make it so that in the next Taz Knights, somebody wakes up from a dream, and all of the balance <laughs> arc is just a dream. Don't even worry about it. Um, and can we name the rat Templeton, please? Um, it's been uh, like over a decade. This rat is dead. Sorry. I think cool. that's how Sorry. rats work. Um, Griffin, I, I think if so, like we are all to assume that the light just didn't happen in this time around. But advanced technology, um, even even if it is laying fallow, um, if it is, you know, there has to be something that would help develop some kind of weaponry for the ship or shielding for the ship. I would like to spend this round researching ways to fight, Um, whether it's hand-to-hand weaponry or ship weaponry or what. I want to be able to... I'm fucking sick of running, is I think where Magnus is at at this point in in the arc. Okay, what's this look like? Because you mentioned a few things. Are you trying to... um, Because, again, I think it's important that we try to dial down to, like one abstract thing that you can spend a whole year doing so you mentioned like training or building weapons or what um you know what here's what i want here's what i want griffin here's what i want i am inspired by robots and arms and i want to uh, figure out a way to have some kind of uh grabbing arm attached to the ship so that if we find the light of creation, we don't always have to descend to the forest to the floor to get it. Okay, yeah. Tr- help me help me think of like what this looks like because it, like it sounds like you're gonna make a mind roll. Like if you want to like build onto the the ship. Um... Well, here's the way I look at it. I figure these robots already know how to do it. Like they under they must understand the technology. They must like be able to help me. So I don't need to figure out how to build it. I just have to build it. Okay. Um, That's a fair way of doing it. Then I think this is a case of you working with the robots. And, like, these robots, um, 
You, I, I, I can't even tell you what you don't know about the robots uh, until I think you make a, a heart roll um, to like get get to know them a little bit better before. And, and I'll count this also towards your like convincing them to help you build the ship thing. Okay, heart roll. Hell yeah! Um, the nine nine. Okay. Um, so mixed result. They um, they tell you a little bit about themselves, and they will help you uh, do this thing. But it's going to take all. It's going to take a whole year, right? Because you didn't get like. I don't think you get everybody from the town to help you out with this. Um, to help you out with this project. Um, the way I think this works is, uh, it takes a really long time. Imagine that you've lived in this world of um, robots for centuries. These robots are centuries old, and then you see like a flesh person again. And it's like, what the fuck? So that that is, I, I use the word again because um, there did used to be people here. They they lived in this city, and this this whole world was very vibrant. And this capital city was vibrant and alive too. And there was a lot of, um, there's just like a lot of culture and a lot of people living in this capital city. Um, but a plague swept through the planet, and it just eradicated the the world's population and there were these these two organizations that tried to like fight it off but they really only were trying to help out like the best and brightest and richest and most royal people in this city but their efforts were in vain and ultimately like they i think they built like a shelter but the shelter was unsuccessful because this plague was just so powerful that it 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 took out everyone um but there was a sort of underground organization um, the name of which they've forgotten. It's just been so long. Um, that, oh, it's the Beast of the Ring. Y- yes. I, I'm just, it's the Beast of the Ring. Is the, the, it's that, the Beast? Okay. They, they managed to save people uh, the only way that they could. The only way that... Because no physical, like, um, organic matter was going to survive this thing. Um, so they sort of captured the spirits of hundreds of people uh, in in a, a, like a massive control gym, which uh, folks can leave at will to inhabit these robot bodies um, in in this city, um, and so they like kind of uh, you meet a couple of them that tell you that that sort of give you the score, um, and uh, they, there's more that they don't tell you, but that's that is sort of what they clue you into, and then they help you build this um, this robot arm. What's it look like, and where's it go on the ship? Um, I'm going to, it looks like Tom's, uh, it looks like a uh, Crow T robot's arm. Okay. You know, like a, like a desk lamp arm. You does know it, what I does mean? it retract or, like, or is it always sticking out? Oh yeah. It retracts. It folds up on the belly of the ship. Okay. Um, and then think like a, um, like a claw arm, you know, like a, like a claw game. Sure. I think the best way for um, me to handle this is to give you, um, plus one asset. Just like you have this dope fucking thing now. Okay. Works for me. Um, so you tell the other uh, folks on the the crew like what's up with this, um, with this civilization. Um, and Merlin Taco, what do you want to do? I think I'm going to go Fahrenheit 451 on you. If this civilization is going to be wiped out, and all of this society, all this culture, all these this history, all these wonderful things, it's just going to be wiped out for good. I'm going to ask Lucretia to go with me, and I'm going to use my persuasive skills to try to get as many of these robots to tell the stories of the the souls that inhabit them. And so we can record it, 
for posterity. And while we may not be able to actually save the civilization, at least we'll have the memories of it, and at least we'll have the story of it to pass along to other people. Okay. Yeah, that's dope. And as part of that, we discover this this thrilling story of these three adventurers. One, a tavern keeper. Well, let Griffin do it. Hold on. No, 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 no. Monk. No, this is my turn. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> one, a monk, and one, an extremely handsome bard. And through their efforts, a magistrate is empowered and goes on to rule with incredible skill and compassion, and he makes it a great civilization. And it all starts with that magistrate who had an awakening, a moment where he realized, you know, I, this is not the way to go. I need to make this a better world. Okay. And so as they go through this, they, they find all these these paintings of this handsome bard and his flunkies. <laughs> this is all non-canonical. <laughs> And, <laughs> and out of reality, that basically, while they cannot save the actual physical civilization, they can save the record. I'm into it. it. Yeah. So tell me if this is plus mind, like you going around and doing this, or plus heart, which I guess would be you working really close with Lucretia um, this whole time. Which I'm, I'm, you know, I'm into doing more stuff there. I'm, I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking heart. Okay. Um, and, I'm thinking hard. Okay, and does that reflect you working with Lucretia, or are you like getting these stories out of these robots? Uh, I'm getting the stories, and she's taking them down. Okay, so I, I think it's uh, both. But think we it's are both. working. We're working hand in hand. We're working very closely okay. on it. Ugh. Three. Not oh great. wait a minute. Plus. Uh, plus uh, five. Um, do you have any assets? Dad? Yeah. Do you want to spend an asset? I got four bonds. You don't have any assets at all. I, no, I have not been awarded any asset. Unless it happened in one of those other 16 cycles. <laughs> I'm trying Griffin, to decide can if I, I spend... Can I spend my asset? Yeah, to I'm trying them? to decide if I want to let y'all do that. I think it makes sense, right? Like, I don't want you to be able to do this with your other stuff, but for assets, yeah. I mean, one of you is losing an asset to give it to somebody else. Um, so if you want to spend it that way, then yes, Magnus, you can. Whatever you guys think best. The, the, the reason that this is a hard decision, Dad, is I don't know how this directly benefits the mission but and so there may be a time later where we need that asset to like get the light i will find i will find a way to make it benefit the 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 mission in some way a minor score improvement from one of you benefits the mission so okay i'm gonna say that i having worked with the robots you know maybe they're a little distrustful and i uh maybe i vouch for them and do the robot secret handshake with the big robot arm what is the asset that you spend though and it's abstract. It can be literally anything, but, like, what do you give a bunch of robots or give to Merle to make him, you know? I need a narrative um, thing you can give somebody to get the thing you want. Oh, I've got it. Okay. Um, having used uh, the knowledge that I've gained from the robots about the before time, the long, long ago, I'm able to find um, an eyepiece, an earpiece um, of of robotic origins with technomancy. Okay. Um imbued within them and and impart those to Merle so that he's able to have a uh, technomantic connection That's great. with the robots. Okay. Um, that fucking rules. And Merle, I assume you Thank you, that. Travis. Yeah. All right, Travis, spend, spend one asset and we upgrade this to a mixed success. So with a mixed success, um, you, you get this, you get all this stuff. You get these great stories of um, high adventure. And because like they are the ones who ultimately saved, not the world, but 150 people 
at the last remaining inhabitants of the world, like these stories are pretty beasts of the ring centric. Um, they are, they are like telling these stories. And so like when these robots see these artifacts on you, these are, these are holy artifacts, Merle, um, that you have on. And so they tell you their, their, um, stories. Um, you can still tell they're being a little bit reserved though. There is still something that they're not telling you. Um, but you, you get these great stories. And I think when you are working with Lucretia to, um, write them down, I, I, I think she really, really appreciates this. Um, and I, I, in this conversation, she's like, I've lived my whole life writing down other people's stories. And I've been doing this for almost two decades now. And there's still part of me that thinks one of these years, Merle, we're just, we're not going to make it out. And if that happens, all of these stories are just going to die with us. And I really appreciate you thinking of 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 this world um, in that in that same way. I think we've done I think we've done really important work. Now, now we just need to make sure that somebody else other than myself reads these one day. That's that's very well put. You sh- you know what? For somebody who doesn't talk much, you you have a lot of good leadership instincts. Uh, she says, "I don't, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm keen to just sort of sit back and and watch and record. But I appreciate you saying that. No, you can't always do that. Um, take plus two bonds because you're, uh, yeah, you're working on it's some good cute. stuff. Uh, it's not just that. It's like setting up that good shit, Taco. I would, I would also, I, I, Juice. I feel like, okay, I'll just say as Magnus." something's up there's something we don't know well well anyway that's all well and good loop and i are going fucking scrapping (laughs) this is the most civilized this is the most technologically advanced place that we've been to yet and i want to load the ship with all the valuable mechanical components i can find so i'm going fucking looting i'm going to destroy as many robots as it takes i want to take these motherfuckers apart piecemeal okay so i can take whatever cool magic is powering them i'm gonna loot this motherfucker to the to the to brass tacks i'm gonna just just loot and pillage burn earth i'm gonna yes yes exactly um all right roll roll plus mind Oh, that's a 12. A 12, fuck. Okay. Uh, that's some good pillaging, Lupinard. Yeah, yeah with, a, with a 12, you realize, like, I don't need to murder everybody in this town. Uh, if I just go down, like, if I just go down uh, one tier, like, nobody lives down here, and it's just nothing, like, nothing but artifacts. So you go down to, like, the next uh, to lowest tier, and there you, sure enough, like, you find tons of shit. What do you find? Like, what are you looking for? Fucking fucking uh, Loop finds like a gun, like a big like yeah. old school like Tommy gun, and she just Sweet. like when she finds it, she's like Taco, look, and she just points it up at the sky and just like unloads it, just screaming like, count the shells, <laughs> just like fucking like <laughs> Scarface kind of a little bit. Yeah, you are hysterical. That is hysterical. She, Do it again. She does. She, does, she literally <laughs> finds another gun and like does it. Count the shells. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Um. <laughs> I think we're looking for uh, here's what I'm thinking things that can repair the ship. That is one one thing we're looking for because we do not have a plan for that. Okay. Like we know there's a base state of the ship, but if it's damaged at some point, I want to know that we have material components on hand to repair it. 
I'm I'm also looking for just anything that looks powerful and anything that that could be a source of power. Ooh. Uh, I I, I want to try to like loot as much crap as I can. Okay, here's what we'll do. You find easily enough. Like this was a city of steel and arcane energy so like you find metal plating that you think like well you check with captain port who's sort of the ship health liaison like kind of the engineer pilot in in one uh, and he's like yeah that yeah that's a that's a great idea i don't know why we didn't think of that before it's been almost two decades and uh you load some of this back up onto the ship and with a 12 i think take two assets um nice but with the other thing you mentioned i do want to circle back to is you search for magical energy i think this is like equivalent to an arcana check right so uh while you're down in that second tier um which is the only like it's the lowest non-flooded tier the bottom one is completely flooded by this waterfall uh roll plus mind uh six um okay You, you don't find anything well, you have plenty of assets. Teen. 16? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, okay. No, um, do you want to spend one of your assets upgrading that? I thought six was a... It's a failure. Was a, six, or, six is a six failure? Six fail. Yeah, this seems like a good time to do that. All right, what do you use? I found a uh, fucking metal detector down there, but it's for magic. So it's okay. just like, I'm just waving it around. It, Maybe Loop's doing it. Loop's probably just fucking around with it. I'm like, stop, you'll drain the battery. Um, and it, uh, it doesn't have much battery left because I think it breaks after you use it or else you just get another asset again. Um, but right. you, yeah, you use it. And with a mixed success, you know that there's energy below you um, in the in the bottom tier of this world, which you know, talking to some of the robots, there's like one, one robot remembers, oh, uh, well, that's Underton. Um, so... Uh, you figure out that there is Please, some, below. S- some fan artist draw that. Just the gun, the <laughs> Please. Okay, so that's that's your all's year. Um, and again, abstracting it, like it's probably tough scavenging for shit. Like it's exhausting going through a whole city and looting it. So like that's your year. And um, uh, so I think just before the hunger comes, you know, you have maybe about a week left. Um. You know you're not going to get the light, right? Uh, and I'm not giving you, like, kind of an extra turn, but whenever you, like, uh, go back to Davenport and, and tell him about this this energy that you detected down there, um, he says, like, well, if we can't get the light, we may as well try and find out what that is, right, before we before we go down and uh, before we leave this world. Like, if it's a powerful form of energy, we don't want the hunger to get that when it consumes this world. So I, I think we should try and head down there, don't you think? Agreed. Yeah, sounds good. Uh-huh. Um, who are you leaving behind? Barry volunteers. Barry volunteers to stay behind. Um, because like he's he's still very nervous. <laughs> he's you know what it is? He can't swim. Barry can't swim. I can't swim. But no, because they would his jeans would get wet and that's incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. So he's the worst. He just can't swim. He never learned how. He has bad ears, you know? He has like those mm, yeah, you know, he yeah. gets ear infections like every time he gets in a pool, and so he just like kind of gave up at a certain point. Um but the rest of you can, so um, you need to get into this flooded part of the city. Um, how do you all go about doing that? We're going to have to make a, a, a couple rolls to get through this resolution. May I make a suggestion? Sure. 
Yes. Davenport stayed with the ship as well. Davenport really wants to come with, actually. Davenport, like, it, the, Davenport says, like, we don't know what we're going to find down there. We should have all hands that we could possibly go. I'm, I'm coming. Barry's fine. Barry can, I've been showing Barry how to fly the ship. He'll be able to get us out. I mean, now we have a couple of days, so Barry could actually just leave, like, as soon as the hunger gets there. Yep, like, exactly. we can be ready. Um, um, Taco Loop, you guys got any kind of, like, bubble spells or air things or... If wizards, if wizards have, like, a breathing spell in D&D, like, I'm happy to let you just do it. Yeah. Yeah, we got one, probably. Right? Yeah, we have a... We can make gills, I think. That sounds right, doesn't definitely it? Definitely can in Harry Potter, so, like, why not in D&D? That's, I might be thinking of Harry Potter, but, yeah, I definitely have a spell for breath and stuff. Um, there's yeah. A spell, there's a spell called water breathing. Perfect. There you go. That sounds like uh, what we level. For. It's a level three transmutation spell, so, Taco, you fucking defo know this. Like Perfection. Transmutation is your shit. Okay. So, yeah, don't worry about rolling. You all can just breathe water. Um, Magnus, you have to, like, move some stuff out of the way. Uh, some, some, some big heavy pieces of, of like machinery that are like covering up some, uh, tunnels and some, some, uh, aqueducts that allow you to sort of swim into Underton. But once you get down there, you, um, you eventually end up in one large open, uh, chamber that the air is so stale down here. Um, but it's breathable. It's just like a little, uh, like self-contained bubble of air in this massive uh, room in what are essentially the sewers of this city. And you sort of follow this light and this sound through the tunnels to reach this chamber. What's the symbol of the beast of the ring look like, Trev? Oh, it's a great question. Um, I think it's uh, it's a it's a howling wolf uh, with a yeah, gear. Uh, as the moon. Okay. It's just a dog yelling at some <laughs> some technology. I like it's a it. howling wolf on a gear, all right? It's a dog who saw a gear and got really scared and yelled at it. Um, <laughs> you follow those symbols, and you follow this light and sound, and for a second you think, like, wait a minute, did we find the fucking light of creation? But as you enter in this chamber, you realize that's not what it is. Um, what you see is a massive blue crystal that is shining and there's this swirling light inside of it and the inside of the swirling light you can swear you see like people a little bit and standing in front of this crystal is a robot and it is big and burly it's it's far larger and more imposing and like um battle ready than any of the robots you saw topside and as you enter you hear a voice say hello i I see you've found our secret here. We've discussed among ourselves what we'd do if this day ever came, though, to be honest, I, I doubted it ever would. Um, what are you all looking for? Uh, we want to help. She says, I'm, uh, I'm not sure exactly what that means. You want to give us some... Some oil or something? I'm, I'm, I, there, I, I've got a... I've there's got a, a force coming that is going to destroy everything and i don't mean like the plague i don't mean like a monster or destroy where you just go back and find a new body i mean unmake everything and it's gonna be here in a couple days roll plus heart all of us no just magnus seven with a seven she uh she says um I'm not entirely sure why I should believe you, but um, if what you say is is true, 
Um, is there anything we can even do to to fight it off? Yeah, lady, I'm afraid you're up shit creek. I don't really know what to tell you on this one. How um, big da- is the, da- how big is that crystal? Um, it's uh, it's huge. It's like ten feet tall by like eight feet wide. And Davenport um is sort of in the back of your party and says, um, and and I guess Ta- Taco and and Loop and everybody with like magical abilities um is f- it just like feels this immense power radiating from that crystal. And Davenport says, um. Guys, I'm so, I'm so sorry, but we, we can't let this technology get consumed by the hunger. We can't give the hunger an army of robots and a way of transferring people into even more powerful robot bodies. We can't, I'm sorry, we just can't do it. We have to, we have to destroy this thing. Okay. (laughs) Are you, are you in, are you doing it, Tago? Yeah, Luke and I will both do it. As it, it, this thing detects some hostile intent from you, Taco, she walks over to this pile of junk in the corner and picks up this long, long piece of rebar from the ground, which she, like, twirls effortlessly and then holds at the ready in front of the crystal. Loop is not, like, you stepped forward and did you, you said, like, Loop, right? You, like, tried to get her. Yeah. She doesn't, like, she says. She's not down she's to- a t- Taco, this doesn't um this doesn't feel right. We shouldn't we shouldn't be interfering like this. This would be we would be eradicating everybody else on the planet. I don't I'm I don't think that's right, Taco. But okay, but listen, you that's happening. It, why am I always the only pragmatist with you people? That's happening anyway. Loop gets like um sh- she gets a little bit more um defensive now. And she says, are, are we just going to burn every world that we can't save just to keep the hunger from getting its hands on it? How does that make us any better than them? If we don't, if we let the hunger get stronger, doesn't it make it harder to save the next world? I mean, we're still figuring this out. We're still figuring this out. But Magnus, you're telling you, Magnus, are telling me that it makes sense to kill this entire world just so that our enemy doesn't get stronger. That's what you, Magnus, are telling me. If we don't, we're not protecting future. This is hard, Loop. I'm not saying it's an easy choice. Loop goes and, like, kind of stands between the rest of you and the and this, this robot and says, like, we don't know what happens to the worlds consumed by the hunger. They could still be alive in there. We could save them. This this is the point where we get to decide who we are. I refuse to let us be the type of people who could destroy an entire world for any reason. This this isn't us. This can't be how we do this. Lulu, I, Lulu, I really want to destroy it, though. <laughs> I listen. I understand where you're coming from for sure, but I don't the. Uh, it's called the hunger, not the the pocket where things are cool. Like it's definitely a bad place, right? It's a big black thing in this. Did you see? Remember when we saw Never Ending Story? Uh, wait, remember what? The <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember the nothing? Uh, it was a uh, that was two V's. N E V B E R. It was a scroll that we looked at. A moving it scroll. A great, it was a really good scroll. It was a great scroll, and there was that thing, the nothing. Remember with two T's. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Um, 
and the, it was eating everything. Like this is just like that. Like I, we don't want it to get more powerful. This is the best understanding that we have, right? Like, I, unless you have more insight into I, it than I do, I have a suggestion. Why don't we leave it up to them? That's a that's a fair point, uh, robot friend. Um, this thing's coming, and we don't know exactly what it does, but it's gonna eat this whole world. Um, do you want to sort of destroy your whole civilization, or are you good? And well, there's maybe a better way to phrase it than that, Loop. Yeah, not a great sales job, Lulu. Uh, don't. Hey, Taco. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> she gets really like f- right up, like face to face. I get it. Mm-mm. Well, let me okay. take a shot at it. Here we go. Do you guys? Yeah, this will be good. <laughs> Listen, get comfy. I. I'll just start <laughs> shooting it. I we can't do anything it. to help you. Can't do a damn thing to help you. We maybe you got another week, and you're going to be gone. Okay, you're already disembodied spirits. But they're going to take your energy, they're going to take your spirits, and do horrible, horrible things. Is that why you want to hang around? To help evil and to help other people get destroyed? Is is that the big deal? That's why you wanted to hang out in this crystal? Um, the robot says, um, we've been through a lot here. And this force that you're describing, it sounds pretty tough, but... I feel like we've been through worse, and I haven't met a force yet that can make me go against my will. So if the other option is the absolute destruction of myself and my people, I I refuse destruction, and I refuse to be consumed. And oh. this this robot like kind of jabs this uh, rebar pole into the ground um, sort of defiantly. Okay. All right. Here's the plan. This crystal is used to power your people. The souls are somehow connected to this crystal, correct? Correct. Okay. There is a chance, as Loop pointed out, that the hunger isn't destroying everything, that there's something we can do to bring your people Back from the hunger. Here is what I would like to suggest. Let us take the crystal with us. I can shrink it to a small enough size that I can keep it on my person. And I will do so. And the moment that we, if we have the chance, if we have the ability to bring your people back, I will restore the crystal to its original size and location, and it will be as though you just had a power nap. That is the best shot. We, But if this force gets stronger and eats this crystal, we may not be able to stop it. This may be a moot point, but it's a chance. Um, you have a chance. She says, how long do we have to make this decision? Uh, I got an itchy spell finger, so I wouldn't linger. You know how on Shark Tank that you know the one scroll Shark Tank where if you wait too long that was the with two K Shark Shark Tank, Tank and then K but where you wait too long to take the offer and maybe it gets worse. Like that, I think this is your my, my first offer is my best offer. Like Marcus, I, I think we could maybe do like twelve hours. How long till your friends wake up? You probably want to like talk it over. She says, "Yeah, I I I can't make this decision unilaterally. I'll I'll need to." 
we'll need to reach a consensus. But, but I, okay, can I can I ask my sister if they don't get on board? Can we destroy this crystal? We're giving them a chance. Fair. Um, she kind of sighs and is like, "You do what you want, Taco. I don't. Th- I'm not going to burn a whole world. I'm not going to destroy a whole world, Taco. I don't care if our our enemy gets a hundred times stronger as a result of it. I'm not going to be the one that pulls the trigger on an entire civilization. I won't do it, Taco. I won't do it." Oh. I, that's fine. I won't do it if you don't do it, but these jokesters are going to either way, so... Here's how this resolves. Uh, this spirit goes back into the crystal, and I think when all you, you all get back topside, all of the robots are kind of powered down as they have this sort of, like, group meeting. Um, I draw on them with Sharpie. Okay, what do you do? I draw, Just, like, like mustaches, mostly. Okay, um, no... Okay. No, no dirty words or anything. I'm not that dis. I'm just like maybe I draw like uh, smiley faces on the robots because mostly I, I picture them as kind of like you know kind of blank neutral faces, and I just kind of like draw some like raised eyebrows so they look really surprised or uh-huh. like you know yeah right. So it's like something. some oil, huh? What? What? Um, free oil. The hunger is coming. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so here's how this resolves then. N- some of, but not all of them, go with it. I think that uh, a lot of them just stay behind, and they just uh, inhabit these robot bodies permanently at this point. They don't have this, like, um, this like crystal. They are kind of separated from, from the source to live in these robot bodies, which is, like, not uh, ideal for them. It's it's not as like uh, safe, I guess, and not as liberating because uh, if they go down in these robot bodies, they just like go down. Uh, but a lot of them do decide to like take you up on this journey, and this robot is arguing this this case for you. Uh, the the robot that you met down in the uh, Underton, and so uh, that that robot comes and and uh, works with you, Taco and Loop, to shrink this crystal down to go along with you. And there's probably about. Um, there's probably about a hundred souls in this crystal, um, and uh, hands it over. And you're taking it, Taco. Yeah, the ones that stay, I picture Magnus like coaching them on, like, okay, when the hunger comes, here's what we've seen so far. Be ready for this. Get somewhere. Get to the under ten. Be ready for this. Buy yourself some time by doing that kind of thing. You know, like giving them any kind of tactical insight that we've gained over the last like twenty cycles or whatever. Um, okay. And Merle's given last rites. Uh, okay, so you, you take most of these people with you in this crystal, Taco, that you, you now have. Uh, and the rest of them stay behind, and Magnus, you train them. And that robot that you met in the sewers, is she tells you all that um, she's staying behind also. Uh, and she brought up that rebar pole with her, and she, she's also helping with the training, Magnus, because she's very, very accomplished with this thing. Um and I think, do you have any parting words for for this this robot friend before you all get in the ship and go? I think you know, like the hunger is coming in like a few minutes. Um, you hear this loud like boom in the sky that lets you know like it's time. If we can undo this, we will. At the very least, we're gonna try. I I, w- I wish we could promise anything else, but are you sure you don't want to come with us? This is my home, and. My neighbors, many of them has, have elected to stay, and I cannot, I can't just leave them unprotected. Merle, do you have anything you want to yeah, say? Yeah, I, I look in her eyes and I say, 
See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. And I run for the ship. He, he chuckles. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Keep it sleazy. All right, we're out. Bye. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Yeah, that's right. It's a diesel engine. This bad boy. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't think through that. I think Loop also walks over to this um, this robot that you all have sort of gotten to know the best out of all these folks. And she says, listen. And then hands this robot one of the guns that she found and says, light them the fuck up. And then turns and walks onto the ship. Um, and so the seven of you fly away um, in, in, in the Star Blaster. Uh, all, all seven of you intact, uh, having saved... Well, kind of, kind of saved the sleeping forms of uh, a hundred of the last sort of known survivors of this world, um, and f- the robots, uh, th- their perspective on the ground, they watch you fly away as this, as this storm starts to uh, materialize overhead, and this this main robot looks and she turns and and uh, looks at all of the other robots and just kind of nods and holds her staff defiantly. And as this storm intensifies, um, she is unshaken because this isn't the first storm that she has lived through. And so she does what she's done countless times before. She thinks of her friends and she prays for sunrise. And on board the ship, I think Loop turns to the rest of you as you're flying away um, before you sort of cross over. And she says... Listen, that stuff I was saying down there, that wasn't just, that wasn't just talk. I, I believe that one of these times we're going to get it right. And we're going to find a way to defeat the hunger and save everybody inside of it. I, I have to believe that to keep doing what we do. Because I have to believe that I'm going to get those $15 back from Greg fucking Grimaldis. <laughs> <laughs> and she walks she walks over to the rest of you and says, seriously, though, it got... We got dark down there. I, I know this journey's been hard and it's only going to get harder, but we can't allow ourselves to... To get to that place again, to even think about destroying an entire world. We need to promise each other right now. We we won't let one another get to that place. Never again. Deal. Yes. 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 <clears throat> I put my hand in. Alright. As a uh, let's as a rough guideline, okay. She smiles, and everybody else makes their way to the center, and I think that's the last thing we see, the seven of you, well, the six of Who's you. Who's driving? Davenport's like, I, I'm, I'm putting my hand in, too. And, like, he, like, veers the ship left. Um, and so the rest of you are just, have your hands in the middle, making this promise not to, not to destroy a world or even think about it. It's funny. You never see the Justice League have to make that promise. Huh? <laughs> no. You never, you never see the Teen Titans like, hey, from now on, no more destroying entire civilizations. Okay? <laughs> no more uh, threats uh, of murder. Just, Can we all agree? No more. <laughs> all right. it- I think the last thing we see are just like the six of you and Davenport, who is close by, sharing this moment of um, determination uh, as you all sort of share this 
this moment. Everybody take plus one bond. Um, nice. As you sort of sh- share this moment of just like realization of how bad it just could have gotten. Um, and as you share this promise to never get back to that place again. And I think that's what we see as all seven of you are sort of pulled apart into these beautiful white threads um, and into the positions that you um, always return to, ready now to take on whatever the next cycle has to bring. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Are you easily confused by terms like cultural appropriation, cisgender, and woke? Or maybe you find yourself constantly explaining terms like these and you need a place to vent. Do you have a love for all things pop culture, social commentary, and politics? Sounds Sounds like like you you need need Minority Corner. Corner. Where you can learn, laugh, and play. Sounds like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, gay, and ladylike. James and Aneke will happily administer your weekly dose each and every Friday. You can listen on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Minority Corner. With a K. Because the C was taken. So the 2017 Max Fun Drive was a huge success. Thank you so much to everyone who joined or upgraded during the drive and to all of our amazing monthly members. To celebrate, we're giving our $10 and higher monthly members the chance to buy additional enamel pins with the profits going to our friends at the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. What? Yeah. The sale runs April 26th through May 3rd, and it's your last chance to get your hands on these sweet pins. $10 monthly members should receive a link and a code in their email on April 26th, so keep an eye on your inbox and get your denim jacket ready. For more information, visit MaximumFun.org pins. And thank you again.